0: Let us pray. Good and gracious God, your spirit lives and works within us to teach us the paths of righteousness. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear to do your will. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. As Father Michael mentioned, this is uh, my last official time here, and I just wanted to, before I move into my message, say thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome and support that I've had this past year. It went by in a flash. I can't believe it's time already to um, be separated from you, and I carry you all deep in my heart, and, uh, and I will be back to visit with you at some other time. As I was studying the scripture lessons for this week, a couple of churchy words jumped out at me from the gospel lesson. What do I mean by churchy words? Words that we sometimes toss around in our worship, but I'm not sure that we all know what they mean. We hear them in church all the time, but if we were asked for a definition, we may not know what to say. The words that caught my attention were prophet, and righteous now remember last week jesus and his return to galilee after he was confronted by the disbelief of his hometown friends and family could do no deeds of power except a few healings jesus then said a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown this week following that story and jesus sending out the disciples Herod asked about who this fellow Jesus is. Some said he is a prophet, like the prophets of old. Later in the Gospel reading, it describes John the Baptist as holy and righteous. Prophet, righteous. We hear these words sprinkled throughout the yearly lessons in various Bible passages, and I wonder, do we really understand what they mean? Usually, we think of a prophet as someone who predicts the future, but that's an incomplete description. Hear how the dictionary defines a prophet. A prophet is someone who is said to speak by divine inspiration, is an interpreter of the will of God, and is gifted with profound moral insight and exceptional powers of expression. Those who are named prophets in scripture were given messages to proclaim to certain people concerning their behaviors, their actions, the way they were living their lives. These messages often foretold the consequences of those behaviors if those ways of living did not change. So in a way, they did predict the future, but only in the context of ignoring a call to change and disdaining the warnings of the prophets. Those prophets are what I'm going to refer to as prophets with a capital P. They spoke boldly to the authorities and to the people. In scripture, these were men who spoke up about the daily practices of the rulers and the people that were contrary to the desires of God. They argued for the rulers and the people to change or to expect to reap what they had sown their downfall, their loss of prosperity subjugation to others, humiliation and ruin. Needless to say, the people, grown quite comfortable with their behaviors, with their daily routines, with things just the way they were, did not welcome such calls to change. The prophets were often scorned, beaten, or outright killed for their efforts to bring the people more in line with God's will. To be a faithful prophet was to open oneself to ridicule harassment and derision to be a faithful prophet was to put one's life on the line john the baptist was a prophet with a capital p and he paid the ultimate price jesus was certainly a prophet with a capital p and we believe that he was much more than that but he definitely spoke truth to power and called for changes in behavior and attitudes and he paid the ultimate price. And given the definition of prophets, especially that last part, as being gifted with profound moral insight and exceptional powers of expression, there are others in more recent history that we can also name that fit that description, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Jr., Bishop Tutu, Nelson Mandela, Pope John Paul II, Archbishop Oscar Romero, and others many of whom also paid the ultimate price. These are all prophets with a capital P. They spoke out against existing practices or injustices and inequality, and they did so in a manner that called for change, but their tone and delivery was one of hope and encouragement. They promoted change not through violence, but rather through reconciliation, patience, compassion, and peace. These prophets spoke the language of God's love that strengthens and persuades others to a better way. Not many are called or gifted to be prophets with a capital P, although some seem to think they are prophets with a capital P, but instead are actually false prophets. False prophets believe they have correctly interpreted God's will but their messages show a much harsher attitude of judgment, condemnation, punishment, and animosity. A couple of recent examples of false prophets would be Pastor Terry Jones of the Dove World Outreach Center in Gainesville, Florida. You may recall he and his church decided to burn Korans, the Holy Book of Islam, two years ago on the anniversary of September 11th. Just last month, he erected a hanging effigy of the President Obama outside his church to protest the President's support of same-sex marriages. Then there is also Fred Phelps and his Westboro Baptist Church of Topeka, Kansas, who conduct numerous pickets and protests at funerals, churches, gay pride events, theatrical productions, college graduations, all where Phelps believes that the participants and or the attendees are violating some aspect of God's laws, according to his interpretation. The protesters language on signs and shouted at others is hate-filled and abusive. How can we tell that these are false prophets? These two examples make it pretty easy to figure out. Their messages are angry, hateful, abusive. They don't attempt to reconcile, heal, help, And nor do they provide hope. These prophets do not preach unity with God and with each other. They do not support a kingdom where God's love is freely shared and God's grace is abundant. Those are trademarks of false prophets. Most are easy to recognize by their messages that seek to make others less than. Their message runs counter to the message of God that Jesus taught, love one another. True prophets can also be determined by their messages. True prophets, prophets with a capital P, inspire us to seek the good for all through love, compassion, and mercy. True prophets reflect the image of Christ. Their message may be passionate, but not hateful. True prophets speak truth in love with a desire for change in positive ways. In today's world, We have many issues that scream out for change, for justice and equality, and there are both true and false prophets who vie for our attention. We have to discern which are which. Who is really speaking to God's truth? Who is proclaiming a vision that brings us closer to God's kingdom come, God's will be done? On a more personal level, I believe that you and I are also called to be prophets, what I call prophets with a small p. And this is where our other churchy word comes into play, righteous. The definition of righteous is characterized by or in accordance with accepted standards of morality, justice, uprightness, virtuous characterized by morality, justice, uprightness, virtuous. We are Christians. We are called to try to live righteously. The things we say, the things we do, are being watched by the rest of the world. The people we come in contact with every day, friends, family, neighbors, people at the store, in the office, at school, are all watching us and listening to us. Do you know the story about the police officer driving behind a Christian driver's car? See, one day, there was this police officer who happened to be driving behind this car that had all these Christian bumper stickers on the back of it. Things like, Jesus saves, God loves you, and prayer is power. Well, as they approached a stop sign, the Christian's car pulled to a stop and then began to pull forward when another car ran out in front of the Christian's car. The Christian driver honked loudly on the horn at the other driver, rolled down the window, and began yelling and cursing at that other driver and finally flipping him off. Well, the police officer immediately put on his siren and his lights and pulled the Christian car over to the side of the road. He demanded that the Christian car driver get out, who was a lady, and put her hands on the hood. He handcuffed her while she protested loudly. What the hell are you doing? The other driver is the one that ran the stop sign. He almost caused an accident. The police officer then went to his patrol car, checked her driver's license and registration, and then returned and unhandcuffed her, saying, I'm so sorry, miss. I just figured that this car, so clearly owned by a faithful Christian, that you must have stolen it when I witnessed your rude, unchristian-like behavior <laughs> and foul mouth cursing towards that other driver. As I said, we are being watched and listened to every day and everywhere. Today's colic states, grant that we may know and understand what things we ought to do. And I would add to it, and what things we ought not to do. In this prayer, we ask God to reveal his will for us and our world, that we can know and understand what we ought to do, that is to know and understand God's will. To live as we ought to, to live in accordance with God's will, is to live in right relationship to God. It is to live righteously. In 12-step programs, when confronted with the decision of figuring out what we ought to do, the saying is do the next right thing. As prophets with a small p, we prophesy to the world by living righteously. We have opportunities surrounding us to profess our faith by how we treat each other in all situations and all circumstances. How we speak to each other, how we help each other, all are opportunities to reflect God's love. As our communion song coming up later in the service says, they shall know we are Christians by our love. Father Michael last week preached about seeking reconciliation in our relationships, about putting an end to those arguments that we recognize are no longer worthwhile, that divide and do not promote the greater good. The week before that, Father Michael reminded us that our faith is not only for Sundays in worship, but is something that goes beyond these walls and beyond the parking lot. We carry our faith with us everywhere we go in everything that we do. In addition to those two messages, Let me add, as prophets with a small p, may we live as we ought to live, in a holy and righteous way, speaking and acting a message of love that inspires us to changes for the greater good, and that gives a vision of hope to a world increasingly in need of it. Amen.